Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Hey, open your Bibles up to 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. Easy to remember for those of you that never remember that anyway. 1 Kings 2, 3, like 1, 2, 3, except there's a king in the middle of it. You got the picture in your mind? 1, 2, 3 with a king. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. Find it in your Bibles. We'll take a look at that here in just a few minutes. I mean, but I was thinking about that scripture. How many of you love to be involved in competitions and you're just so excited because you're going to do the competition and you're going to plan to lose? I mean, I mean, come on. No one wants that, uh, you know, regardless of what your fourth grade soccer coach told you. Now, I was raised at a time when, uh, when, when I was a little kid, we played this thing called peewee football. And, and peewee football was fun, but we were there to one, win. We, it wasn't about developing character or whatever. I mean, we wanted to win. And, and, and because if we won the peewee football game at the very end, the, the coach would take us over to the concession stand and we'd all get a free Coke. And it was a little paper cup that had some Coke in it. And man, we were so excited. That's all I wanted. I wanted to win. I wanted the numbers. And, and, uh, you know, my, my kids came along, they, they, came, they came along during the time when it was like, let's just all have fun, you know, we don't care about the score, like, yes, we do, but we act like you don't care about the score and all that. I remember Ian, he, had, he was in uh, soccer, Ian's back there with the children right, right now this morning, but uh, um, Ian, when he was a little kid, he was, uh, he, he was doing soccer one day, this, and, and it's why they don't keep score, you know, it's like, duh. But sorry, if you're into that, I'm happy for you. It just wasn't, didn't work for me. And, and, and so at the very end, he would always say, did we win? Did we win? Of course, I was keeping score. All the other parents were keeping score. Everyone was keeping score, but no one was keeping score. You know what I mean? And there were the times where they didn't win, but of course, nobody knew they didn't win because they wouldn't tell. So, so you know, we were just like, you are the winner. And he'd go, yes, because he was. He'd get out there and get scrappy. And I, and I like that. Uh, uh, but he would, you're the winner. And Sometimes, you know, one time he just said, but, but I find the winner, but what about the whole team? Did the team win? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, no. You see, you see, nobody wants that. And he burst into tears like he could be the winner, but if his team didn't win, then it's no good. You see, and, and like our theme, run to win. If you're going to run, you're going to run to win. Uh, and, and you may not always win at everything, but I tell you what, I want to do everything possible to win. And it's the same thing with our lives. Uh, in fact, if you're here today, the truth is, is that you are here because you want to make yourself more fit and able to win in life. And that's something that my heart wants for you as well. And so today I want to encourage you. I want to give you hope. I, 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 I want you to access the locked up potential that's in your heart and in your life because you don't have to leave here discouraged. You don't have to leave here beat down because God has something for you today because he also wants you to win in this life. And today's going to be good. Now, I have a message primarily for men today, and uh, it's, it's in my Authentic Manliness series. Uh, and and be, the truth is, though, every man wants to win. Men are kind of, for the most part, kind of, kind of compet competitive. Uh, we just tend to be that way in one way or another. But, uh, but honestly, I believe that one of the best foundations for us to build our lives upon men is God's design for our life. Keep in mind, God built us. He he constructed us. So the authentic design of man, that actually came from God. So if we can live the way God designed us to live, we're going to live in authentic manliness because he's the creator. That way we can be confident um, 
We can be at peace with, within our hearts and our minds. We can, uh, we can thrive in our relationships. And, and at the end of the day, you can love yourself when nobody else is around. Unfortunately, one of the challenges is that way too many men are not confident. Um, a lot of men are experiencing huge inner turmoil and, and uh, are isolated from healthy relationships and, and just don't, they don't feel like anything's really healthy relationally. And, and then at the end of the day, a lot of men just simply are unable to even love themselves personally. And guys, I just want to be clear with you. This is not the way God designed us to be. It's not. And I don't like living in misery because I've tried it. And I'm not talking about living in Missouri, like what Preston said. I didn't like that either. But, but I've tried to live. I don't, I don't like living in misery. So I, I want to find out what God has to say. So God's definition for manliness is what I'm after because he formed us and he created us. But the, the challenge with teaching this is that our culture, as I've shared with you in the last couple of messages, has a very loose definition of manliness, and it has evolved and it has changed through the years. And, and, uh, and a lot of the definition for manliness in our culture revolves around something called masculinity. And, and, and basically what, it, what masculinity is defined by the culture, again, is that this kind of this base nature of man that, that is there because of hormones and chemicals that cause men to do certain things and act certain ways. Now, I want to be clear, this is not a teaching on masculinity nor the cultural definition of it. But I do believe that masculinity is a result of what I'm teaching, but it's not the goal. You see? It's just simply natural. But if you pursue cultural's definition, the cultural definition of masculinity in America, I want to be clear with you. It will not bring you confidence. It's not going to bring you inner peace. It's, uh, it's not going to help you to have thriving relationships. And very likely, you're still not going to be able to love yourself when it's just you all alone. So I'm going to encourage you to pursue something else, which is what I'm teaching in this series. It's, it's authentic manliness. And then watch how things then begin to come together in your life. Now, in this series, we've addressed a, uh, uh, some basic qualities. Uh, we've addressed two already. I'm going to give you a third today and a fourth next week. But if you've missed any of these, please, please, please get the recordings online. Uh, so authentic manliness, though, first of all, it's about maturity. And, we, and, and please, there's plenty of uh, teaching on that that I've given you already. Second is decisiveness. And the third one, which I'm talking about today, is consistency. And consistency is a big issue because over the years of pastoring and ministry, I've seen a lot of women um, really struggle with their husbands wanting the guy to simply be consistent. Now, as I share this message again today, ladies, I just need to remind you one more time that if your man is sitting next to you and you hear a point or two or three that you think he should be listening to, you're not allowed to clear your throat, nab, jab, pinch, or do anything like that. Don't, don't take notes and don't take notes and text them to him. That's no, that's 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 bad. He will delete them. Now, <laughs> secretly he will. He won't let you know, but he, he will. Just just don't just don't do that. Um, because it's just that really won't help him. Because really, all that I'm sharing here, everything is good for every man, and so he's gonna receive it. 
Um, and, 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 you know, don't, don't also use the more spiritual route of like, oh, then I'll just say amen every time he says a point. And it's like, okay, amen, pastor. And kind of look over at him. It's like, no, you're going to embarrass him. I just don't, don't do that. So this is one of the messages where if the guy's sitting next to you, just ladies, just stay calm, breathe deep, exhale, and just, just receive and pray, all right? Now, um, I, do, I do need to also, though, say this to men. Men, I, I, I know you're, gonna, you're going to be open and receive this, uh, but, but I need to be candid with you that I've, I've preached a lot of sermons in my life, a lot of sermon series, yet this particular series is, is actually one of the most challenging ones that I've had in, in, uh, in del- just really preparation for delivery. Not even preparation for content, but just preparation for delivery because I, I always try to do this, and I, I really try. I, I, I try to master what I preach before I preach it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, practice what you preach, preacher. Okay, yeah, yeah. And in this case, I'm going, you know what? I've got a lot of flaws here, and, and can I really say this? And, and each week, I brought this back to God. I really feel like I'm supposed to say it, yet I know that, that as I'm sharing this, that the truth is, guys, you need to know this. I'm continuing to grow in every area that, that I'm sharing with you, just like you are. And so, guys, I am not beating up on you. In fact, I don't even believe in beating up on people when I, when I preach, because in, in this case, if I were beating up on you, I'd be beating up on myself, and I don't let them give myself a bloody nose, because it'll make my shirt look really bad. You guys take pictures of me. It would get into the media. That would just not be good for us as a church. All right. Now, if you're a single lady, single ladies, this is your opportunity to take these messages. You need to listen to this whole series like over and over and over again, play them in your car and have small groups, start the small groups on authentic manliness to find the man of your life because you should be using these principles to put together. And I'm very serious about this literally write out a checklist of things that you're going to look for in the man that you're eventually going to marry because his cuteness will expire. All right? It will. You are actually marrying the man that is underneath the skin, the man who is behind the personality and the intelligence and the great work ethic that he has. So today, I am encouraging you to simply find a man who is consistent. Consistency is this. Okay, here's our definition. Consistency is making mature quality decisions over and over. Now, if you look at the definition, and you were with us over the past couple of weeks, you're catching some key words here. You're seeing the word mature and quality decisions there, which were actually parts of the previous messages. Which, so, so what I'm teaching today is built on the foundation of what I've shared before. So it is important that we, that we build one week after the next on this. But the key words for today is over and over. See, because men, consistency allows us to, to face down the inevitable temptations that are going to come across your path like a slithering snake. Now, if you hike, and I like to hike, you know what I'm talking about because a snake will inevitably slither across your path. And before you start hiking, especially hiking on your own, you're going to want to know what the basic snakes are in Texas or, or your, your, your four big ones, the most poisonous ones here in Texas. You want to know what they look like, what they are, how to deal with them, because you just simply want to be able to immediately glance at them and know, know what you're dealing with. You, you want to have a plan before you step on the snake. You got it? Now, 
That's really what this is about. It's so that we can make those decisions. And a man who, uh, who's able to make these consistent, mature, quality decisions over and over, what the, the truth is, is his decision-making process is grounded in this thing called character. So in many ways, today's message is about quality character. Now, if your character is strong, then it's not really a tough choice when the moment of conflict comes and when that snake of temptation slithers in front of you because your character is strong and you know what you should do. Because your character actually becomes and is your foundation. Now, you know this though, it is fairly easy to maintain good character on Sunday when you're in this building. I mean, that, that's easy, especially for the men. I mean, it's easy to have good character when the sun is shining and you're out in public and when everyone is watching. But the real test is how you behave when no one is watching. Men, and ladies, everyone, but men, I'm talking to men today. Here's my question. Are you consistent? Now, Ladies, just please excuse us, man, for just a second, because sometimes we just have to make it really, really simple. Really simple, because ladies, you just, the complexity of stuff just makes it so wonderful for you, and you relish it. Guys, we just want it to be simple, so here it is. Here's what consistency is from, the, uh, from kind of the opposite of like what it isn't. So hypocrisy is this, excuse me, consistency is this. No hypocrisy, no duplicity, no deception. That's it. In fact, guys, this is the moment. If you take anything out of this message today, it will be this. Memorize it, to write it down. And in fact, if you can get your notes out and write some of this stuff down and, uh, and take a picture of that and, and, and send it to yourself and, and, and get this. In fact, I'm going to have us read this together right now. And I want you to say it with me. We're going to say it together so that we can kind of get it into our hearts better. It's consistency. We'll say that together. And then no hypocrisy, no duplicity, no deception. Because actually, something will happen in you when you say it out loud. Will you do it with me? Come on, really, I want everyone in this room to do this with me. Come on, let's say it together. Consistency, no hypocrisy, no duplicity, no deception. When I did that, because I, I did it out loud myself, because I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself, so I can at least do that on my own out loud. And when I did that, I, I, I thought, wow. I thought, you know, I really hope there's just one version of Tim. And a good test of that is the people who know you the best. And in my case, it's my family and especially my wife, Rebecca. Now, you might see different aspects of me, uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of like a car. Uh, you know, you, you can look at a car from the back and go, oh, you know, I, I know what the taillights look like, and I know what the back of the car looks like, or look at it from the side. Or, or you can get into a car and know what the interior looks like, or you can pop the hood on a car and know what's under the hood. But you really know the car when you've had it for a while, and you've had that hood up several times, and you've, you've messed with some stuff under the hood, and you've cleaned out that interior a million times, and you've touched every inch of that car. You know that car. You know what I'm saying? And so, can you imagine, though, if your car decides just to kind of morph every once in a while? You know, it's just like, what, what is going on with my car? Which version of my car is going to be there tomorrow? Well, the truth is, that's what a lot of men's lives are like. And uh, for me, I'll just tell you, it's not right for my wife to have to wake up each day wondering which version of Tim she's going to be waking up with. Now, 
I will be honest, she's not here, uh, but I'll still be honest with you, even though she is not here, but I do wake up from time to time with diff- in different moods, and, and, and you know, you got to give, give us a little bit of space for that. I do wake up in moods. Sometimes I wake up happy. Sometimes I wake up grumpy. Sometimes I wake up focused, which is most of the time. Sometimes I, I wake up really relaxed, but those are emotions, not character issues, so ladies, give the guy a break, okay? All right, it's just, but that is enough, so I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a version of you that just changes and morphs. Uh, really, consistency is a very simple and straightforward way of life for all of us. And, and with all honesty, I'll have to say that consistency is the only decent way to live. When a man lives with consistency, what he does is he gives his wife security. When a man's consistent, then his wife will feel confidence. When a man is inconsistent, what happens is she begins to worry because she's not sure what the man is going to do next. And man, this is really important, whether, whether she's your wife or she's your fiancé or she's your mom. Hear me well. She knows your patterns of behavior much better than you even do yourself. She knows your patterns of language and your patterns of decision-making. And that's because women are very observant and men, we just aren't. That's true. And so when, sir, you break any of the habits that you have and she will immediately pick it up and you break any kind of a pattern, she will immediately, there are two things, I, I promise you, two things have already happened. First of all, she has already noticed. And second, she will want to know why you broke your pattern. Thus becomes the issue for so many men. Now, men, please understand this, though. Uh, The woman in your life does not expect perfection from you. But what she does expect, and even what she deserves, is that you be consistent. And really, everyone else in your life deserves it as well. She, she knows that imperfection exists in this world, and she's imperfect as well. But, but the good news for all of us is this, is that most women will actually try their very best to overlook occasional in, uh, inconsistencies that a man may, may convey and that he may live out. That's Christianity. That's actually called forgiveness. And forgiveness is an essential part for every marriage. Forgiveness is an essential part for every relationship. This is important now, though. Forgiveness, though, works best when it isn't needed on a constant basis. Now, if I, I want you to take a look at here. I want to shift things for just a second. And as a pastor of this church, if, if, if occasionally I needed to come say, you know what, uh, I need to apologize for some, you know, maybe a direction we took as a church or, or a step we took, and, and we can refocus. I mean, you guys would forgive me for that if I did that occasionally, but if I came to you every Sunday or even, every, or even once a month and I'd ask your forgiveness for, for something like that, after a while you'd say, enough, dude. Just figure out where we're going. That's, that's even one of the reasons why we try, to, we try to keep things very, very simple around here. We say we are Bible-based and we are Jesus-focused. We know where we're going. We know what we want to do. We, we just try to stay focused on that. That helps us to stay consistent. But forgiveness works best when that forgiveness is not needed on a constant basis. Um, I guess, I guess the, the, uh, the version of this for men, for, for us, is that it's, it's easier to forgive a man once a week 
than to have to forgive him every few hours of each day. Now, the beauty of it is Jesus can do that because he's God. I like that. And that is a breath of fresh air for all of us, right? <sighs> he can forgive us all the time, no matter how much we mess up, sin, whatever. But guys, you shouldn't say, well, then she should act more like Jesus and forgive me all the time. <laughs> because that's actually the wrong statement. We really should be asking ourselves, how can I be more like Jesus? That's the question. Um, because for us, constant forgiveness, we're not, we're not God. Constant forgiveness, it is challenging. And it does strain relationships. And when anyone, and I mean anyone, is consistently inconsistent, he's abusing the privilege of forgiveness. Not that he can't receive it, but he's abusing the privilege of it. So husbands who continually say one thing and do something else, they're going to cause their wives to worry, and this causes trouble. We don't like trouble. Solomon was a guy in the scriptures. He knew about trouble. Boy, believe me, he did. In fact, he wrote this little tweet. This is one of his tweets found in the uh, book of Proverbs. That wasn't a tweet, but it's, it's a proverb. It says, he who sows wickedness reaps trouble. What does he reap? Trouble. It's about sowing and reaping. And Solomon would most certainly know because this man, he, he, he sowed some bad seed and he reaped some trouble. And, and one of the bad seeds he sowed is he just kept getting married over and over and again. It's like, hey, have me another wife, have me another wife. And he found out that was a big, big, big mistake and it messed things up for him. Thank goodness he messed up in that area. And I know this much, I can only handle one wife. I, just, just one. Just one is enough for me. That's it. That's it. That's it. You see, the trouble, that's not against my wife. I'm just saying, just one, one. Trust me, that's enough. The trouble um, Solomon talks about, though, this trouble, it, it, it's, it's caused by this, uh, really, it's, it's this very predictable cycle that men and, and ladies engage with. I wanted to talk you through it because here's how it starts out. First of all, a man will, res will uh, behave responsibly some of the time, and then we'll kind of talk up about how responsible he is and how good he is and all of that. But then the man also, at the same time, misbehaves often enough that the woman begins to see patterns of inconsistency. So that's the challenge right there. You see it? This will always trigger the woman to say, hmm, or think, I'm now suspicious. And she is actually suspicious with very good cause because he is consistently inconsistent. Now, what happens here? The man then feels this and hears this from her, so he becomes resentful because he has convinced himself that he really is just a good man who only occasionally behaves badly, but she sees something different. And man, let me just tell you something. We, especially men, we are masters at self-deception. That's why we do have to have other people in our lives to say, oh, you know, you're deceiving yourself. Who does say it in love? Because we all do it. And then what happens is the man begins to see his wife as someone who is viewing him as a bad man. And no man wants to be viewed that way. And it's like, well, she's viewing me as a bad man who only occasionally behaves good. And, and, then, and then what the woman does, she says, well, you, you just need to go to church more. You just got to go to church more. And then that only makes the man more resentful and he gets angry and he gets distant and he gets selfish and he becomes less willing to even change himself. Well, then the cycle continues. The wife then becomes absolutely incensed, 
and then she is less willing, less willing to forgive. That's not an issue of her not being like Christ. It's an issue of a man who's inconsistent. Because then a deep wedge goes into the relationship, but it starts because of a man's inconsistency. For, for a relationship to last, that kind of a cycle, it has to be broken. And the key to breaking the cycle is that a man absolutely must acquire the habit of behaving in a consistent manner. Guys, women want men, guys, who are actually going to act like mature men, who are problem solvers, solving problems, not like teenagers who are initiating more problems for her to clean up. <laughs> now, I say that as something strong, but, but at the same time, I shared this in the last couple of weeks. We live in an extremely challenging culture for men. This is very, very challenging because our culture encourages men to be driven by immaturity. Uh, th there are constant, there's this barrage of constant, very subtle messages that's in our culture, our U.S. American culture, especially in city culture, that tells us that we can be men both mature and immature at the same time. You see, it works this way. The messages that come from so many different places, so many different angles say this, is that, is that uh, really there are certain circumstances that when these circumstances are surrounding you, those are the times you're supposed to act mature. And we get that, and so, so uh, the man will, he'll, he'll act mature on the job, and he'll act mature uh, when he's in the community, or when he's, he's around certain groups of people, or whatever, or even at church, or however that looks, because he knows how to do it, and there, there are places to do that, but the culture also tells us that when the man wants just to chill, and hang out, and de-stress, or blow off some steam, the culture then says, now it is appropriate to act immature, sir, because you deserve it. Because you've been acting so mature recently and you deserve the, the opportunity just to let it all hang out. This is a fractured cultural message that basically tries to convince us <laughs> of, of this terminology that came out about, oh, 20, 25 years ago. It says what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, there's so many different versions of that now today and it's really sad. Because this basically says it's okay to behave one way at home and another way when no one is watching. See, these cultural norms, they violate one of God's most basic principles that even Solomon stated, that it's what we reap what we sow. Jesus even stated it too. He says this, he said, what you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. He says, what you've whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Now, if you have a life of duplicity, that right there will scare you. I mean, who wants that? Nobody. This is a tough truth for all of us. There are no permanent secrets. The only secrets that are permanent are the ones you just imagine in your head but never act upon. So we, we, need, we need to be consistent, man. It's, it just simply makes life better all the way around. Because authentic manliness is this. It's an understanding. It's an understanding that our choices determine our destinies. You choose, you make choices, your destiny becomes laid out, laid out for you. I mean, as surely as night follows the day here in a few hours, your choices determine your destiny 
all the time. Not immediately necessarily, but all the time. Here's a, here's a really simple illustration, but for example, this is something that we all do. It's not necessarily sin, it can be, but usually it's not, but, but we procrastinate, right? We all do to some degree. Uh, but procrastination is a choice, and it's a very poor choice because basically what we're doing is we're putting off something that needs to be done now, telling ourselves, I'm, I'm just going ahead and do this tomorrow, I'll do the right thing eventually, but it's deception, we're deceiving ourselves because you never really can escape this responsibility of, uh, uh, of doing it tomorrow by evading it today, you just might as well do it today. See, that's a very simple explanation of how this works, but it's, it's the decisions we have to make men on a regular basis. The bottom line is this, is sir, it's your life. Your life is composed of your choices. Your life is communicated through your actions and your words. Uh, but your choices have consequences. And your choices can also have benefits. In fact, your choices can have massive benefits. In fact, God set this up a long time ago, and he set this up so that we could understand and, and have clear direction in our lives. And, and this, is, this is this principle that I shared with you. And I, actually, it's, it's, it's in 1 Kings chapter uh, 2, verse 3. Look at it in the scriptures. This is one of those that you really need to digest and take and, and put it into your heart, put stars by it, circle it, underline it in your, in your Bibles, because this is a good one. Because it says, observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and his regulations as written in the book of Moses. Now, basically, so that's, what that means is live right, live with consistency, okay? And then here's, here's the, this awesome, amazing line that's in here. It says, there is a result from doing this. It says, do this. Why? So that you can have extra rules on you? No. Do this so that you may prosper. Say that word prosper. prosper. Come on, say it again. Say prosper. Do this so you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. In other words, to prosper means to win. That's, the, that's really what it means. So he's, what he's saying is here, do this and you're going to run to win. Do this, you're going to prosper in everything that you do. Same thing. You see, but Satan doesn't want you to win. Satan doesn't want you to prosper. Remember, his job description in life is found in John 10.10. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why he wants you to make impulsive decisions right now based upon an emotion that you feel and, and a character that's not fully developed. And he wants you to make those poor choices right now, today. That he's, he, he will tempt many of you to make choices today and to even not put some of this into action today which will potentially cause serious setbacks tomorrow as he sits back and counts his wins. You know, Satan, he just simply wants you to be his servant. So, men, men this is serious business. This basic truth here about authentic manliness is this, is that it is the knowledge. If you want to be into authentic manliness, we need to gain the knowledge that we become the servant of our choices. That's why we want to choose our actions carefully. And, and, and this is good, young men especially. Never experiment with something that you don't want to become a permanent feature on your personal landscape. 
In order to see your character and your habits and to see that they're pleasing to God, what we have to do is make sure that we're making these wise choices consistently. That's why we absolutely must rely on our values and the principles that guide the decision-making process. So, so say, okay, then where do we start, Pastor? Where do we start? Well, I have a very simple place to start. And if you'll do this, this will help you. This will help you. My strongest recommendation is to take this book in the Bible right in the middle of the Bible. It's called Proverbs. Every man should read the book of Proverbs on a continual basis. It was written by a man for his son and written by men for other men. That is actually primarily written that way. And when you start to read it, sir, you will get it. I mean, it, it, Proverbs is jam-packed with all these invaluable principles, and, and that's good. So there is hope. There, there's something wonderful out there. A proverb is, like I just said earlier, it's, it's like a tweet. I mean, if you read five tweets a day, you can surely read five proverbs a day. So I'm going to give you an assignment. Here's your assignment. Very simple. Start reading Proverbs today. Today. I mean... Open up your Bible app and start a, start a, new, uh, a new Bible reading pro program on Proverbs. And just, but, and, but don't just finish it and say, okay, I'm done. No, you actually have to keep doing it over and over and over. Don't read Proverbs just once and say, okay, now I'm an instant expert on all human conditions. No, because the acquisition of wisdom always takes time. And, and we learn good judgment gradually, incrementally. I mean, we, we need to be careful to not deceive ourselves to think, well, we're just going to walk out of here and be completely all different tomorrow. And ladies, you have to understand the same thing. It, it, but, but we're going to begin to make good judgment gradually as we read, as we study, as we reflect, as we meditate, as we observe uh, really even the world around us, and as we implement the things that we're learning and we're receiving, put these principles into our everyday life. That's when it begins to change. That's when you become solid in your character, and when the snake slithers in front of you, and, and you have to make a quick decision, you can make that decision quickly, and you'll know what to do. Yet at the same time in the learning process, we have to be very patient with ourselves and in the process and patient with one another. That's a big part about what this church is built upon, though. So we're going to be patient with one another. We are going to stand with one another through the ups and downs of life. And, and if you make a wrong decision, you, you take a wrong path, we're going to be with you to help you, to encourage you, and not beat you down. See, that's critical for our survival as well. Amen. What principles matter most in your life? Remember, they're not the ones you proclaim. They're actually the ones that you apply consistently. And so when your deeds begin to match your words day in and day out, the world will know what kind of a man just walked into the room. And your wife will know what you stand for. And I think even better than that, you will know who you are and what you stand for. And your confidence in life and in everything will soar. Authentic manliness. This is it. It's mature men making decisive choices on a consistent basis. No hypocrisy, no duplicity, no deception. When you learn to do this, uh, man, your, your wives are going to begin to trust you. In fact, your whole family is going to benefit. It means that 
that you're going to be the same man in private that you are in public, and you're going to be proud of who you are in public because you know who you are in private. It, it means you're going to be the kind of man that you will want your sons to emulate someday. It means, it means that you're doing whatever it takes to just simply be thoughtful and helpful and responsible day in and day out and saying, I'm not going to check out and be immature because I think I deserve it. <laughs> no, it means that you're going to be an authentic man. Guys, here's what I'm going to ask us to do again today. As we close today, I'm going to ask every man in the room to do a very simple action. We're going to pray together. Just you know, stay in your seats. We're going to pray together. I'm just going to ask the guys in this room to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, I, that allows me just to look across the group and see the men. I, I can just pray for you so much easier that way. All right? I want to pray for every man in this room. Men, sir, if you want prayer, like I want prayer, because trust me, I need it. I just want you just to lift your hands. So let's just all close our eyes, lift your hands. Men, I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes open because I want to look for the hands that are here because I want to pray. I want to see the hands of men. God, I pray for these men, these men with their hands lifted. I pray, God, that these will be men who are not living with hypocrisy. God, God, these are men who don't exist with duplicity. God, these are men who are not constantly working in deception. God, I ask you to give these men strength for maturity, courage for decisiveness. God, give them passion for consistency. God, I ask for there to be this deep inner peace that comes over every man, Lord. God, I, I pray that, that every man, as their hand is lifted, God, that, that they will begin to have this ability to love others and have quality relationships and love themselves as well. And we'll be men of confident expectation that they know who they are. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to